Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You got a lot going on. You got a lot <laughs> going on. A lot she can't announce even. Yeah. Listen, I am. I'm here, but I am ex- <laughs> I'm exhausted. Did I tell you that I got another podcast job? Another one? I know. Another one. Listen, wow. I mean, congratulations, friend. I mean, she's, she's, the strike is over. Okay. <laughs> Mama got bills to pay. How many is that now? Three? Yes. Yeah. It's three. Um, hopefully I can, I can't announce it now, but, um, hopefully I can share the details soon. And do not get me wrong. It's great. I'm, I'm really happy to have work, but it is kicking my butt. I don't know how Nicole Byer does it. That woman has <laughs> like 50 11 podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Her and Beyonce with children. Just, okay. She she sleeps in those headphones. I'm sure she's always working. <laughs> and I will say it's it's been really fun to get to work in different things and work with different people. But if I'm honest, it kind of feels like I'm cheating on you. And and let me fix it. Listen, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. When you said another podcast, I was like, girl, damn, <laughs> can you keep it in your pants? <laughs> God, but no, for, no, no, not a, you're you're a poly yeah. podcaster. Yes, <laughs> okay. yes. We I'm an lines. ethical, I'm an ethical slutty podcaster. Very right, right, right. <laughs> Equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay, as long as you got a microphone, she'll show up. <laughs> um, but well, you know, we keep lines of communication open in, in this house. I'm fully aware that you're seeing other hosts, and I'm okay with that. Okay, I just want to let you. you know that. Yes. But um, please feel free to share all the things you miss about me when you're tripsing around, you know, dipping and diving, ducking to, to recording studios, <laughs> um, having uh, your needs met by other hosts. <laughs> wait, a, mm. wait, wait a second. Yeah, are the mics bigger on that side, oh. Francesca? Huh? What? Tell me the what, truth. What, wait a second. The mic it's size. It's because my mic is black. Oh, my God. Listen, no, your <laughs> mic your mic is great. Every other host I u- talk to, they're using those little tiny mics. The little <laughs> the little baby mics. No, your mic. They're using the TikTok video. They're using the TikTok mic. Your mic is the biggest. It's well, you know what they say. <laughs> as long as it packs a punch, who cares what the size is? <laughs> I trusted you. Wow. I trusted you to be my friend, to be I, my collaborator, my partner. I just, and... I disclosed that I was seeing other hosts. Oh, and... so you want cookies? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, wait, wait. No, no, no. Uh, no listen, no. I, listen. 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 <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I hate you for that. Let me fix it. Welcome back to Let Me Fix It, the podcast filled with endless puns and sexual innuendos, but oddly enough, still no marriage proposals, Francesca. Mm, Hmm. Where are they at? (laughs) 
Uh, wait and listen. I'm Delon. I'm an actor, a singer, a photographer, a writer. And yes, my DMs are wide open. Oh, yeah. Get at him. And I am Francesca Ramsey. I'm an actress, a producer, writer, and former graphic designer. And a few weeks ago, we did our very first ever Round Robin episode, and we had such a blast with it that we thought, why not do it again? Move over, Fast and Furious. There's a new hot franchise in town. Uh, I I see you, pun lady. (laughs) I'm here for a franchise. I'm here for a franchise. You know, my IMDb is already being updated. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go. I'm talking to Round, to Robin. (laughs) (laughs) I have more. Round Robin Games, Overdrive. Oh. Round Robin Games, The Thirst Continues. Round Robin, Todos Contra Todos. <laughs> no, in Espanol. You better dig me in Espanol. Shit. Round Robin Games, She's Running Out of Subtitles. <laughs> I don't know. Round Robin Games, The Underbite. You... Why did that come to my head? The <laughs> don't underbite? you? I'm sorry. Are you talking about my man? My dog? You know I, you know I was coming don't, for flex. Don't you come for was... flex. <laughs> we should got the finger pointing and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly my whole... You could call me a slutty podcast host, but once you talk about my dog... She's coming. Then I'm, nice. we really are going to have some problems with you. If you have any more Round Robin uh, movie titles, please feel free to share them with us. Let me Please. fix it pod at gmail.com right because you know friends are writers she's so she's gonna take up that space she's always gonna write <laughs> you know a very tired writer currently though um so guys instead of devoting this week's episode to just one musician one brand or one celebrity we're instead taking turns sharing different topics round robin style and as usual then we're gonna fix them yes and so to keep things interesting we have not seen each other's topics ahead of time so this means lots of surprises lots of yes ending and plenty of laughs but the real fun is all the fixes that we'll make along the way okay okay that's kind of poignant look at jingle all the way <laughs> post christmas okay? thank you thank you thank you so let's dive in let me fix it the round robin games tokyo drift p.s my mom is sitting on the couch just like i was just gonna ask she's just like i I said i was like do you want headphones or something while i'm recording she's like no i just want to listen (laughs) oh i learned her should come into the frame (laughs) no do you want to say do you want to wait i'll just come say hi to me she just gave a thumbs up i'll tell i'll make her come over when we're done recording she's she's i want to say like merry christmas in heaven she this is like (laughs) I am such an only child. All right, Delon, why don't you go first? Okay, so my first round robin topic is needing to be right. Oh, I fall victim to this a lot. I think we all. Fall I don't. Victim that does never happen to me. A little too high. The fact that that's how you responded, I am so offended. Because, <laughs> girl, listen, I know, listen, I know. We are cut from a we are cut from a similar cloth, we and are. I know you too well. Yes. Um. So I I do think needing to be right is a little bit of a disease, mm. right? It, it can prevent you from hearing uh, another's point of view. Um. In some instances, it can like just eclipse the truth, right? Insert the the conspiracy theory yeah. or um propaganda, right? Um. So so my fix for it is just realizing that needing to be right is more about needing to be seen and heard Ooh, yeah and i think i think we kind of the the ego mixes it up in there a little bit the bastardized version of this would be um if i'm right my point of view is validated thus i am validated meaning that i feel seen and heard right 
Um, but like I said, th- not to get too Freudian on it on, on us, but I think the ego gets mixed up in there, and there's a there's a really strong need for control, right? Um, I need to the the power of dominating the conversation, the pow- power of controlling the discourse, and if if the, it's the empathy factor, like I feel like if you reach across and we're like, well, listen. That person has a really strong point of view. They're taking a lot of air out of the room. They need they like need to have space in that respect. They need to have space. And and I mean, I normally in these instances get really frustrated because I'm a little a lot of bit of an empath. So in, in social situations, I'm like, ugh, would you just like realize that somebody else needs to talk? Yeah. Or would or would you read the room or insert the blank? Right. Yeah, it's the it's I I I've encountered these types too, and I and I hear you that I think this is something that everybody struggles with, but it's the people who are listening to respond versus actually yes. listening. Um, yes. It makes me think of uh, when I was in couples therapy, um, and one of the things that our therapist told us to do, which was so hard was before you were allowed to respond, you had to reiterate what the other person said. Not to say that you agreed with them, but just to prove that you were actually listening. Because how often have you, you know, had like a heated exchange with someone, even if it's somebody that you really love and respect, and, you know, we're all guilty of it where you're just like, that thing they said was wrong. That thing they said was wrong. I'm going to like, I got to jump in. And you didn't actually finish listening to what they said. Um, right, just kind of right, like right. blacked out uh, so that you could get your point in there. Um, yeah, that's uh, so. So, what do you think it is that would help make people better with dealing with this? Oh, I, I think, the, uh, for, like I said, it's like the empathy factor for me. Mm. And, and uh, I mean, I, I would say it's twofold the empathy factor, really, like you said, realizing that person really needs this space, that person really needs to be seen and heard, and kind of taking a back seat and being like, you know what? I'm actually not, unless it's like, you know, violent or, mm-hmm. or something you can't stand <clears throat> yeah. um, to let happen, but like letting it go and just being like, you know what, that's what you need. That this, yeah. what, what are the stakes here for me? For me, it's reserving my own peace. Yeah. That would be the first thing. And also realizing that like the, the more, and this happened on Facebook. So this is why I'm not well, really on Facebook well, like that anymore. That, that's the around, home of it. And that's in their business uh, plan. I'm sure. <laughs> The way our site will thrive is everyone wants to argue. <laughs> Facebook, colon, everybody's right. Um, legit, like it was just like you round and round and round and round. And like you said, nobody's hearing one another, yeah. right? Um, I've, I um, got accused by an ex of mine of being, um, of running back the tape. Um, and he was right. What do you uh, mean? Running, I, what do you mean? So in, in the midst of an argument, my kind of default is I will go, okay, okay, yeah, great. But at 2.47, you said this, that this, sounds, and this. And they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, but you said this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and this, um, which in some ways is not the most productive. Right. You know, um, if you're trying, it's it's that that old adage, um, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? Do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? <laughs> well, we know how that turned out for me. <laughs> <laughs> She's right. <laughs> mm, I win. <laughs> no, you know what? Um, to your to your earlier point, something that I've gotten a lot better about, especially online, because you know I spend way too much time on the internet, and I honestly offer too much space to people, even when I disagree with them. But I mm. often just default to saying to people, I hear you. Not that yeah. I agree. I'm not saying yeah. I agree with you. I just say, I hear where you're coming from, or I can understand where you got there. Or, you know what? 
that's fair is the thing that I say a lot. You say that a lot. And I think, and I think that actually came into like the, the lexicon or, or the, uh, colloquial verbiage mm-hmm. um, in the last couple of years, but you were one of the first people I heard say that. That's fair. It it just acknowledges what was what was said. It helps, you know, and it it diffuses it, and yeah. it goes, okay, sure, sure. That's how that's how you see things, yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. It's actually, I think this is uh, one t- talk about Buddha and enlightenment. <laughs> I think like this is the first level yeah. of it, right? Yeah, being able to go, you know what, you're wrong, but. I'm gonna let it go. Yeah, and I've I've also said this. Well, I this is like the internal dialogue sometimes for me in these conversations is you're allowed to be wrong. You <laughs> are you are welcome right. to do that. <laughs> yeah, listen, many many a person has been and will be. And I also the reason I like discourse so much, and I think I get um into these kind of discussions that often end up looking like debate and it is that I want to be right, but mm-hmm. I realize I also want to be heard. But I also like discourse because your point of view might shift my point of yeah. view. You're coming from a part of the world, not you, Francesca, but like the proverbial yeah. you is coming from a part of the world or an experience that I don't have. I think you're and very so, rare in that in that instance, I think. Yes. I, I, I say I'm a unicorn. I'll take it. <laughs> I didn't um, say that, but sure. If, but you she's know what? right. But fair. But fair. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I see you. Um, yeah, but like I, I get, I get into this, uh, get into these debates, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I just, I, I, I like this because it also allows me to solidify my point of view and be like, I am right. Yeah. Um, and right? just make sure that like you can fully stand ten toes down. It like the person in in a sense is almost like helping to poke holes in your point of view to make sure that you really do believe that. Because then exactly. again, you might change your mind, which I think speaks to your character and, I, and i'm the same way too like i'm open to having my pers- perspective shifted i i acknowledge i don't know everything but at the same time i am very resolved in what i believe so if right, we don't right. if we get into it let's get into it because <laughs> I, like i have i have things to say <laughs> well listen and, and not only things to say but girl i mean class you know for you you'll learn this as we go along but we've talked about it a little bit frank keeps every email <laughs> She has, you send her an email, you send her a DM. Mm-hmm. She is like, she's like the internet. I she am will find the it. queen of run back the tape. Yes. Call me an accountant because I got the receipts. Okay. I got a spreadsheet. Pun- I got a drawer. Crunching numbers. <laughs> um, I'm really amazed. She will find it. She will find it. And, and, and write you uh, the longest email <laughs> with all, of, boy, all bullet points. And de- yes, citations. <laughs> Indexed. Uh, uh, what's it called? It uh, work cited. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a bibliography um, and, and a table of contents. Um, so that's my my first fix. What's yours, friend? All right. So I was thinking about this after our last vacation together. I think there needs to be a new relationship status that is not marriage, but is higher than best friend. And mm. the reason for that is. You know, we'll do. I think we definitely want to do a whole vacations episode. But one of the things that was so interesting to me is how often people just assumed that we were married, and then seemed disappointed when we said that we're not, <laughs> as if like. Wait, it- <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking of that couple in the pool. <laughs> On our last day, yes. you guys. So, class, there was a friend I go on this vacation to Cancun. There's this couple in the pool. They said something about something at the resort, and yeah. we couldn't help ourselves but chime up and like make jokes with them and like made like fast, quick friends 
with um actually and there was there were the uh, there was, the there English were, ladies. There were two friends. There were two friends there yeah, also, but, but they, they were, were two like, ladies. You know, but they were two and, ladies and older, right. so clearly in retirement, or whatever. Um, but the couple anyway asked, uh, oh, so how, where do you, where are you guys from? And Frank goes, I live in LA. I live in New York. Delana said, I live in New York. And they go, oh, must keep the, what did they say? They were must like, oh, the, a long what, distance marriage. Long distance marriage. They just, <laughs> like, they automatically defaulted to the fact that we must be married. And then we both started laughing and I was like, no, I'm very gay. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> no. And they, they were like cute about it, but like, you know, there would be rose petals on the table whenever we would go to dinner and stuff like that. Yes. Or like um, when they did that, um, that presentation to us to try and get us to be members, they were, they, everyone seemed to like break their brain as soon as we were like, no, we're not married. <laughs> we're not, we don't do that. Um, and so it got me thinking about the fact that there should be like, you know, whatever. Uh, not that I will never get married again. Who knows? I might. But when I was thinking about it, people who are unmarried, they kind of exist in this like weird space where people are like, well, you, you, you know, you don't have a partner. You don't know what it's right. like. I need to take extra time because I have kids or it's my anniversary or like we've been married for this many years. But when you say like we've been friends for 20 years, it, people right. are like, oh, okay, cool. That's great. Good for you. Right. Like, what are the right. benefits? You know what I mean? Like. Even when we booked the resort, I was like, it would have been so nice if they had put our rooms next to each other so that we could, right. you know, like there should be some sort of, I am jokingly calling it, my fix is to call it, like I have you as my emergency contact. Mm -hmm. I was thinking I could, we, you'd say, oh, this is my EC. This is my EC. Oh. We sh so we could share airline miles maybe, or maybe we buy a property together or I have healthcare and I can put you on my healthcare. And I'm like, oh, you know. Um, I'm just gonna put my EC down, right? Like, so I just like the idea of giving people the option to say, this person is important to me. They're an important mm. staple in my life. They are not my romantic partner, but we have a partnership of sorts. And yeah. and it's, again, there's nothing wrong with saying best friend, but I just want something that has a little bit more gravitas, gravitas. a little bit more. It, it's, it's grown a little. It's, it, because best friend is great. We've all we all it have them. Childish. We call, you're my best friend. It sounds really juvenile. It sounds like really small. And like you're what you're saying, it sounds like to me is like, no, this person actually takes up a lot of space in my life. Yes. I mean, the, the I love I was trying to think of uh, something to call that person or, or name for it. I think EC is so cute. It's cute. I often I was talking I was doing some writing and I was um talking about what it's like to put down your friend as your emergency contact, which is like always you mm -hmm. or my friend Kirsten or somebody is as my emergency contact. Um, and, and how it feels weird, right? How it feels like a little oh, embarrassed. Have, You're like a, a little embarrassed. You're like, huh. kind of. it's like, it's like when you go to the doctor and they like, they're like, how many drinks did you have this week? And you're like, <laughs> two <laughs> surgeon general says how many I can, um, but right. It's, I think EC is really cute. And I, I, I also appreciate that too. Because it it changes our minds, mm -hmm. right? It actually elevates the person in my mind to go, oh no, they're very significant in my yes. life, and um and all rights are reserved for them too, yeah. Right? It's an it's an evolution of the species. And like, ways, how I cool think. would it be if you're like, you know what? Me and my EC are buying a house together. We're buying yeah. a vacation. We've talked about this, but a vacation property, right? And right. that it's not strange to be like, yes, we want separate bedrooms. Everyone's like, God, their marriage must be on the rocks. No, we're ECs. Got it. Oh, okay. Or maybe we need we to like rebrand friend zone. I feel like friend zone has such like a negative connotation because it's oh, you're putting somebody in the friend zone. Yeah, like if you're not going to sleep with them, they're in the friend right. zone. But like, what if the 
I don't know. I, I do like EC. I'm just pitching. Yeah. I'm just pitching. I mean, because Life Partners is, is very uh, friend. Um, I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, maybe I just maybe I just knocked it out of the park with EC. She is I think, a writer. I love emergency contact, mm-hmm. EC. I really dig it. All right, Delon. That's great. What is your next topic? Okay, so we're just coming out of the holiday season, mm-hmm. right? Um, and my question is, has it gone too far? <laughs> <laughs> now, the is this your EC status speaking? Because <laughs> you ain't got yes. no man? Well, well, um, I, I do. Th- you're you're on to something. Because holidays though, are it, very like family and partner and kids and all that, which is, you know, fine. But again, right. if you don't inhabit those spaces, you might feel differently about that time of year. I'm just a Scrooge. <laughs> I I'm just a little bit of a Scrooge. And it's not because like I don't. And it's mainly around gift getting. Mm. Right. I was in this elevator uh, and during the holidays and this woman said, or I was, she was, I held the elevator for her and she got in and she was like, oh, I was like, oh, how rough day, like a big sigh. I yeah. was like, oh, girl, I don't talk to people like that, but you are going through it. She's yeah. like, oh, I just finished the shopping. Last one. I was like, oh, good. She's like, it's getting to be too much. I was like, I know. We had this whole thing in the elevator where she was like, this is a lot. Why do I buy gifts like this for mm-hmm. everyone? And every year I try to get my family to like scale it back i don't need like y'all don't have a a a budget on on gifts we've done that before but every year i'm just like i don't need anything anything and anything i want i'm sure you buy for yourself i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it so don't worry about it so it ends up ends up being like socks and scarves and uh, uh, things here and there maybe books or something like that which which like get it gift giving is about the act of giving yeah um but uh, i I only get the joy of giving when I want to give. I don't want to be like thrust into it because yeah. of a holiday, save for the kids. I have a nephew and a niece and that part, my sister this this year was, or last year was like, Hey, um, the kids need books. Just get them books. And I was like, Oh, I got them glow in the dark. This now listen, I got you them are the problem. That. Now you are the problem. You just said it's too much. And your sister said books. And you said uh, toys. Well, because <laughs> again, it's about the kids. It's about the kids. I'm, I know. Um, I'm just, I'm just holding your feet to the fire to say, <laughs> I, I hear you on it being too much. I have a different perspective because I'm an only child. I don't have yeah. siblings to buy presents for. I don't have nieces and nephews. I get gifts for my friends, and I shout out to that gift drawer. I collect gifts Ooh. all year round. So when you the really holidays do. come up, I'm not scrambling. I'm going right in that drawer and I'm saying, you get a candle, boop, boop, you get a candle, you <laughs> get a candle. <laughs> yeah. And candy. I like candy. Again, on Ooh. the topic of like not um, crowding up people's spaces, because I hear you on that. Where like sometimes I get gifts from people and I'm really thankful, but I'm like, where do I put that? I don't where even am I know. Gonna put this? I have, My apartment's that big. I have no place to put this. I don't know what to do with it. Um, so I do try to default to practical gifts, um, reusable things like uh, and, and things that have like a, a specific purpose. Like I love giving like special pens and journals mm. like those are things where I'm like throw a pen in your purse, 
you know, you'll write in this journal and you'll put it on a bookshelf, things like that. A candle, you'll burn the candle and then it'll be gone. Like just trying to default to things that are just usable and it's like, use it and then you're done with it. Like bath products are things that I really like, you know, Mm, like that's like a bath bomb, like a bath bomb or like a a fancy soap or a thing that you kind of, you know, sprinkle in the bathtub or something like that. I love Mm. stuff like that. Uh, Sidebar uh, on the soap thing. I re- I got a gift card to Aesop. Is it Aesop or yeah, Aesop? Oh yeah, that's like a um, that's like a skincare place, right? Skincare, right? So first of all, I have to call them because the gift card didn't work, oh. and uh, I haven't told my friend. But I was, oh, I'm not going to tell him. It's fine. Maybe that's um, a scam. Maybe your friend, <laughs> your friend is like, I just steal, was like, thank you so I much. Steal gift cards, don't activate them, and then I go, I don't know why it's not working. Because <laughs> they were like, there's this is not working. This is empty. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but I, I went in there and I was like, oh, eighty dollars soap, or whatever it is, not eighty dollars. Oh, it was a lot. Though. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, but. I, and because I was in there, I ended up getting something anyway. And I was like, oh, my God, it's worth it. I skincare, really, so an Aesop is a great, good gift. I will, I will say I think skincare is one of those things it's worth investing in. You don't want like budget skincare. Like not to say that it's not can't work. But if you're spending a little bit of money on it, I feel like maybe this is just the marketing. I'm like, I feel like it's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're not, you're not going to give like some clean and clear. Some I mean, Noxzema. no, and no shade to either of those brands, but you know, I want, I want something with again gravitas, a word that I mm. thank you for using that word because that is a that's a good hearty word, you know. Hefty. Give me, give me something with an accent mark on it, like a Lumaire. <laughs> <laughs> Lumaire. It, what was that? The one that they were talking about had like baby penis in it? No, 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 I'm, no. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Wait, it was like they they uh it was like the four baby foreskin it was. I was no. like, what are you talking about? Uh, what? Why would someone even now you know what I hate when We're I taking it too far. When I We're learn about weird ingredients like that, I always think, how many weird things that didn't work did they have to try? You know what I mean? They were like, We put some elephant snot in there. Nope, not <laughs> turns out we'll make your skin fall off. But then we tried this thing. You know what I mean? It makes me think about, you know, that really expensive coffee it's like the most expensive coffee and it comes from a little cat in the woods that like eats the coffee beans and then poops it out what are you talking about <laughs> there is a really what are you act- i mean really- this baby baby foreskin is no better but like no, what are you it's talking not, about it's not but i every single time it's it's like a 300 dollars cup of coffee it's supposedly like the best cup of coffee you'll ever have and the way that the coffee is made is this little like forest cat eats the beans, poops it out, and then they oh. make the coffee with the beans. And every single time I hear about it, I'm always like, how many gross coffee beans did they try before they were like, these, <laughs> these are the ones? Well, and was the person, the, the lady walking in the woods, picks it up, was like, oh, I should crush this up and put some water why? in it and see like, what happens. What made you think to so, try that? So fucking weird. Um, my fix for the holiday mm-hmm. gift thing is I'm going to try to... Like you and I uh, have experiences together a lot. We vacation a lot together. We come to each coast and visit each other. I'm going to try to do more things like that. Mm. Like, hey, I didn't, this holiday for your, our holiday gift, like, let's get together for like a holiday dinner. Yeah. You know, just you and I to catch up or a holiday call or something. Or you actually uh, told me about this or put this in my brain hole, sending like, a gift like a little um a food package a or basket, something a little gift a cup, package a little the cookies little basket 
cookies Love. and then sitting down and it's like, let's have a call with that thing that I sent you, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll both eat the thing and talk about it. Um, so I think I'm going to try to veer toward that because of my Scrooge tendencies. I love that. And I will also add, you kind of touched on it with your, your friend's scammy gift card scheme. Ooh. Um, but I love a gift card. I feel like gift card is the easiest thing to it do. It is. But why does it feel like I, why does it feel like I'm not doing it right? Re- why does what? it feel like she, they give you shit for it? I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't know where I got this from, but I think somebody must have judged me for it at some point. But I do remember being like, oh, I guess get my family gift cards because I was doing that for a while. And I felt like, oh, God, you're just opening a gift card on Christmas. Yay. It was like underwhelming. I don't know. I mean, I even think like the act of opening gifts, like I don't need to watch you open it. Like, it's great. But like, you know, I gave you a present. Shoot me a text and say thank you for the whatever. Like, right. you know, I, again, I think the whole the gift giving and like wanting to see that happen and like the surprise that's for kids. What are, it, what is. If, it really even is. Even if I got you something nice, I'm not, you're not going to jump up and down. I'm a, the, the adult. You know what I well, mean? Well, and how, how <laughs> disappointing is it when someone opens in the go, thank you. And you're like, could you act a yeah. little bit? Yeah. Damn. I don't need, I don't need any of that. I'm, I'm happy enough to like bring the bag, show them that I got them something. And like, that's enough yeah. for me. That's plenty. Or right, what's your next one, friend? Okay. My next one is influencer kids. Now, this is something that I Ooh. have had as like, I don't know, like not a passion project, but it's just been something that's been on my heart. And I do not have children, but as somebody that's in the online space, a lot of people are using their kids for content and it really bothers me. And and mm. people are not thinking about like the long-term consequences you know, your kid's having a, a meltdown and you whip out the camera because you're like, this is going to yeah. go viral on TikTok, you know, um, or, you know, dressing your kid up in different costumes and, and having them do lip syncs and stuff. Like I watched one yesterday. They were lip syncing Kevin Hart and dropping F-bombs all over the. It was a child. It was a kid and the mom. And the kid was like, listen up, motherfucker. And, me, and oh, my God, I, I was just like, this is. This is how I know that I'm old because I was just like, right. this is not funny to me. Like, I feel, I just feel like this is a mistake. Um, the other thing that I often think about too is people that are making money off of their online presence and their kid. Yeah. We have all of these special laws for child actors, um, the Coogan laws to set aside their money. And even with those laws, there are tons of kids who, become adults and say my parents stole all my money you know gary like, coleman exactly like they I, I i got screwed over macaulay culkin is like i'm gonna i'm gonna you know emancipate myself from my parents right and so i was thinking about how we don't have any of those protections for influencers so i would love to see that but then the thing that i also thought about is you know we've had all of these conversations about ai and and the sag ai protections are candidly not what i would love them to be But what I would love to see is like, could we use AI to conceal the identity of children? So like maybe your kid is in a video and like we could use AI to make them like a little dragon or something. (laughs) So it's like you and like, or like make them into a little alien or put a different, put some sort of like, um, create, create like a, um, a, not an emoji. What do you yeah, call like a, a sticker or something that like yeah. that is like floating over their face or something. I I don't know. Like I just to me, it's a new face. It can be a whole new face. It's right? a whole new or like to disguise their voice or whatever. Because the thing that I think about, and maybe I've just listened to too many crime podcasts, is 
people are on the internet sharing your kid's birthday and their favorite color Ugh. and what's up. And a stranger could walk up to your kid on the street and be like, yeah, I know your mom so-and-so. And I know that your favorite color is this. And I know that you guys went to this trip. How would I know this if I wasn't friends with your mommy? You know, like that's right, what I right. think about. Um, and so, you know, the other thing I often think is celebrities never want their kids online. Celebrities right always have a magazine over the kid's face or remember mm -hmm. when michael jackson had his kids in those little masks <gasps> and now yes. i'm like now what did the celebrities know that y'all don't fucking know you're right. like let me put my kid right. all over here but they want their kids to have anonymity and to you know be able to live without the watchful eye of the internet and and paparazzi and stuff well there are some celebrities that you don't even that i know have kids mm -hmm. that i've never seen on the america for America Ferreira, never, never seen their kids. Never, You see the back of that kid's head. So right. yeah, I think like if, I don't know, I don't know how we would use AI in that way, but to me that feels like an interesting opportunity. Turn your kid into a talking dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love that use of AI because there's a, there's a big conversation right now around AI and how we use it and mm -hmm. how dangerous it could potentially be and what is it going to do to humanity, which I think is the same thing they said about the internet in a lot of ways, yeah. but the internet had more benefits than, than I think. Uh, and the internet is still uh, used in the wrong ways all the time. Right, right. Um, but that is, I love that idea because I also think like when you are an influencer, as you, I could say to you, a lot of your life is just on display. Yeah. Right. It's it, flex isn't the same thing. as He's a dog, <laughs> but like flex is all over. Flex has yeah. his own Instagram. It like just becomes currency. Right. So especially if you're all, it's all in this together, you know, the high family. school, musical three, yeah. the family, then like they, there's it's weird not to do, not to have your kids. Yeah. Or if you're announcing that you're pregnant, that's such a life moment. Or what if like, so much of your life? Or what if the not? AI can detect, for example, to your point, right? Like, OK, you're a family vlogger. There's so much stuff that you can make content about that does not include your kids. But a lot of times what ends up happening is you have kids and then your whole channel becomes kids. What if yeah. the platforms could determine what percentage of content includes kids? So it's like you have a you have a 30 percent cap a month is mm. how much you can do kids content. And so like the AI is like analyzing are your kids faces in the content and if they are it like edits cover it, it like covers them or like edits them out or something or there's some sort of like mandatory um trust account that goes mm. you know you do a brand deal for Clorox or whatever 30% and you have kids and the kids are in the content 30% or 40% goes into a trust and you cannot touch it and yeah. you can't do it until you're 18 and my hope would be that then that would discourage people they'd be like well it's not worth it like i just won't put the kids in it so that i can get the hundred percent of the ad revenue or you right. know what i mean or like so my content doesn't get flagged because now there's going to be a big blurry spot in all of my videos or something like that well and i also think about those 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 uh viral youtube videos mm -hmm. that like i mean i could name five off the top of my head but like david after dentist comes Char to, charlie comes bit to my mind. finger charlie bit my finger um those kids who are now i'm sure adults by now right who have had their whole life based on this video. And I mean, maybe they might be able to use it as currency and say, Oh, I'm Charlie from Charlie bit my finger. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he was on like some talk show that he and his brother were on some talk show after that, but like, they're already on the internet. They don't get to make those decisions yeah. to your point. They don't get to like decide. They're like, Oh, I'm, my face is already out there. People already know me. 
um, and they have no agency therein. Yeah. So I, I do hear you. And on I that. would say with those ones, those were like one offs. And I think that that's fine. You know, if you post a video and it happens to go viral, I think that's very different from like selling merch with your kid's face on it. You know, like yeah, your kid having right, their own right. Instagram. And I listened to a podcast recently that was talking to a young woman who's now 19 and she was a former gymnast and she had a whole online brand around her doing gymnastics. Now, this was a little girl. Now, who is watching little girls do gymnastics on Instagram? Oh, and she was oh, saying, gosh. and it was really interesting. Other little girls, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, you can see the demographics. And she was saying that she felt as she got a little bit older, she asked her dad if she could start editing her own content because she wasn't comfortable with some of the ways that he was editing. Like she would be at competitions, like standing around on the sidelines and having like all these lingering shots of her in her, you know, like um, in her leotard and stuff. And she could see on the back end of the YouTube videos that she had a large male audience and she was a Wee. little girl, you know, and Wee. it was it was really interesting. If I can find the name of the podcast, I'll put it in the show notes because she was kind of the interviewer was doing a really good job of like not shitting on the girl's parents. But you could tell that like things were unlocking for her. It's like when when the interviewer was asking her these questions where the responsibility was on the parents to protect her. And now here she is at 19 being like, holy shit, wait a second. One of the things I wanted to say about you being like the scenario you painted, uh, knitting a sweater, as I like to call it, when you were like, what if that little kid's walking down the street and some man's coming up to her and be like, I know your birthday. Mm -hmm. I know your the trip you took. That, you said this, but that is us getting older. Because yes. I realized, uh, I think a couple of years ago, I was like, I have been in this on vacation. I've been in this city by myself multiple times and I am more scary mm -hmm. than the last time. I'm like way cautious, way more ca cautious. I think that's just life experience. Yeah. So like the more you experience things, the more you watch true crime podcasts, true. True, right? The more you see the scenarios or the potentialities they're in. I feel that um, looking back on my youth where I'm like, I'm yes. doing so many stupid things. Absolutely. So many Absolutely. stupid things. And I'm like, how, what? Well, and and it, it, to your point, it's like when you're young, you don't think about the consequences. You genuinely no. think like, I'm going to live forever. I'm going to be able to do whatever I want. I'm going to learn how to fly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but also, like, you think you're going to live forever. You think you're infallible. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in some ways, I would say, you know, soar your oats, make a mistake, mm -hmm. fail. But also, like, I, I put myself in some scenarios oh, yeah. that could have, like, turned left. One thousand you know? percent. All right. What's what's your next one? So my next one is going to be a little controversial. Ooh, I love these um, ones, though. So, guys, your dogs don't belong everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I I laugh because I know my dog don't belong everywhere. Everywhere he'll bite somebody. Oh, your dog <laughs> definitely doesn't belong everywhere. Shoot, I don't know if people could come in your house. No, don't say your that. Dog don't say that. He's he. You know, he's nicer. He's nicer now. But, listen, I but have Delon learned to has love a your grudge because Flex definitely bit Delon. The first time I met that dog, he was chill, chill as fuck. Bit my hand off. Yeah, yeah. In New York, it's bad. Oh, I was in a fucking sweet green. The rest, uh -uh, the, the not a restaurant. I, your dogs do not belong in eating establishments unless unless you are. It's a seeing eye dog. Mm -hmm. Or a, you know, a what's it called? An emotional support dog? Right. Sure, I get behind that. But this fucking dog, owner not paying attention, 
licking the floor, <gasps> licking the walls because there was like, you know, food. No. Uh, must have been lingering food. No. I'm sitting there eating my salad. I was like, what in the world? They do that in LA too. People bring their... And here's the thing too, like, not that I think you should bring your dog into a restaurant, but if your dog is going to be in a restaurant, it needs to be a good dog. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like, I know yes. I don't even bring my dog to the coffee shop because I know that if my dog sees another dog, he's going to freak out. And I don't right. want people. I don't like kids pet my dog. And even if it's an adult, I usually say, put your, you know, the backside of your hand because sometimes he'll nip and you just don't mm -hmm. know. He's and he's he like he did with you. He doesn't give a warning. Sometimes he's just like, mm, right. <laughs> you are getting Capricorn bite. And then like, that's it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm like, that's me. Yeah. He's like something about you is off conversely people in la will be in a restaurant and the dog is just like rah, 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 rah. i'm like that dog should not be in the restaurant it should be seen and not heard quiet laying down under the table not yes. making a sound and your res and their the response of those owners is always like fido fido <laughs> come on fido and you're like no, okay you the need dog's to pull name that is never fido the dog's name is like pistachio like it's something <laughs> so weird and bougie but the other thing that happens in new york is um and i put some some pictures of this in the doc um so new york city has a, a an ordinance i will say or a rule that you cannot bring your canine on the subway mm -hmm. unless it's in a, it fits in a bag <laughs> so what new yorkers have done is they've just taken an enormous bag and cut four holes in the bottom of it like in a big ikea bag and they've literally just been like i'm gonna walk my dog on the train in this bag that is so freaking funny so I, I i like the one on the backpack that that to me i think is okay because the dog the point of the bag is supposed to be that the dog is not roaming around is contained if it's got holes in the bottom of the bag and it can walk you might as well just not have the bag at all what is the point right i mean i appreciate the 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 wink or the um the subversion of the rule yeah, right? right it makes me like cock my head and roll my eyes yeah um also because the other thing is like not everyone likes dogs right people are scared of dogs right. people are allergic to dogs i was on on the train recently and this um guy had his dog and the dog looked very sweet i'm a and here's a disclaimer i'm a huge dog person i will love on your dog to death as long as your dog ain't trying to bite me and isn't vicious i will love on the dog to death so the dog looked very very sweet on the subway but there was a woman that got on the train and she's like uh-uh 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 <laughs> And like totally went to the other side. As she, she clearly, should. Right? So my fix for this is on the subway in particular, but I think in general, I know that they have like, um, you know, their dog parks and things like that. But like, let's have a car Ooh. specifically on the subway where you say, okay, if you're going to bring your dog on the train, it has to be in the first or the last car. Yeah. Right. If you're going to bring your dog to this restaurant, like you said, they have to be, they have to sit on the ground. They can't be roaming. There have to be specific rules about, or specific areas. Yeah. You want to bring your dog to this restaurant? The dog people sit over here. Or maybe or there's like a dog the hour at the restaurant. You know, remember during yeah. the pandemic when they were like, this time, this time is for elderly people and immunocompromised people to come to the grocery store. Yes. Because, yes. you know, they want to be able to make sure that everybody has a mask on, whatever. That at a restaurant would be cool. I like your idea of a dog car on the train. I would add that they need to have those like the crates built in. Like the kinds that you see when you when you board oh. a dog. Because some people's dogs, again, Flex, for example, he is, I've had him for three years, and you know he has come leaps and bounds. Oh but my gosh, sometimes yeah. he sees a certain dog and it sets him off. And so I would be worried about taking him onto a dog car on the train 
and mm-hmm. him just seeing a dog where he's like, I'll kill your whole family. <laughs> you fucking look at me like, you looking at me? What do you, you want to step to? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. But then if you could put him inside one of those little crates, then I'm like, okay, I, I will feel more comfortable in that space. You might be mad, but at least you're inside the crate. No, you're not going to mess any mess with anyone. I love that idea. I also just think that like, if you have a pet in a large city, you just have to acknowledge that there's some things you're not going to be able to do. You have a you have an animal now. You can't, you know, I, I like I've always had small size dogs, but I've seen people bring like giant German shepherds on the plane and have them like inside uh, the seat area. No, and I'm no. like, sorry, you should you got a road trip. You can't yes. bring that on the plane unless you're willing to put the dog under the thing and i and i don't want to do that i don't want to do that Ooh, it's terrifying that's scary right it's terrifying but like you made a choice to get an animal this big and now yeah. there's just some things you're not going to be able to do like it's just you made this choice right like it's right it's, this was not thrust upon you like this you were not a protected class of people that part and people want to be a protected class right. they want to go well like what am i supposed to do uh you're supposed to get a smaller dog or like you said you're supposed to road trip Right. Or take take the Greyhound or or they now have like specialty um, services that will transport your pet cross country. Um, oh, really? And I, yeah, I know that they do that because some people, for example, will buy specific dog breeds from other countries and they'll send the dog mm. to the United States on these special carriers and they have a person that travels with the dogs, for example. Oh, nice. It's more expensive, no doubt. But again, if you choose to have a dog, that's especially if you're buying some bougie ass dog from another country. Shit. Hello. I will say, I met someone at a Christmas party who told me that he got scammed um, via Craigslist about a cat, and they did that to him. They were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, the cat's coming from this country. Here's the fee." He paid the fee, and then when the cat supposedly got to the U.S. or was supposed to get on the plane, they were like, "Oh, the cat doesn't have the right kind of carrier." Um, you need to pay $400 and we'll reimburse you. And then he was like, this is a scam. And I said, sir, you were buying a cat on Craigslist and they sent you a picture, a picture Uh -uh. and a video of a cat on Craigslist. Go take your ass to the, to the ASPCA and get a cat. Absolutely. Or, I mean, New York, we have those little, like, um, the little dog pup huts, but they have those ones for cats. Um, yeah. Don't, don't buy them from those places because evidently they're, they have a lot of problems. Oh, you mean but the people, the, the, like, um, the, the little mills? storefronts? Oh, yeah. Don't, yeah. don't, don't buy a pet from there. Adopt, not shop. Adopt, not shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, if I'm going to get another dog, I'm going to, I'm going to shop. Yeah! because i need a designer dog i need no not a designer dog not a designer dog from a, a, another country to you want a puppy need, you want like a special breed you want to know I, all of the things about it i know all the things about mm-hmm. it because ugh, i would never i don't want to put that another puppy through that yeah me being like i love you well you know what goodbye. lesson lesson learned i mean again yes, i think yes. i think it is better i think it's better to have have ad- adopted and lost than to never <laughs> have adopted but I'm, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to Shakespeare it and it's not working. I, I appreciate but, you. But you get where I'm going. You tried it. It didn't work. And you made the right choice by making sure that the dog had a good home to go to versus that's how my man ended up on the street. Somebody said, you bit Woo! my child. I'll put you and on, then just put him on the, put street. Him on the street. Wow. Friends, I um, I adopted a dog during at the, around the same time Francesca got mm-hmm. flexed during the pandemic. 
Um, but um, she ain't like my ass. So <laughs> we, she's now back with her foster mom. She's in a she's better place. Her. Not, she has not a big dead yard. Place. <laughs> Just a better place. Um, she has a, she's a, living a much better life. Yes. Um, actually, I heard this thing recently. Somebody said, because um, I'm not a cat person, mm-hmm. but my friends that are cat people that think I'm a cat person, no. they said the uh, people who are cat people wish that they were cats. And people who are dog people wish that their dogs were human. And I was oh, like, oh, that's well, interesting. I think, I think that's yeah. true. People who I know have cats, they are obsessed with cats. Yeah. They're like, no, but this. And I'm like, no, it's just not for me. Yeah. I can't with cat people always trying to convince me, my cat's different. My cat's like a dog. No, it's not. It's a cat. <laughs> they always cat. say that. No, no, no. This one's different. And I'm like, no, it's it's absolutely not. Does it shit in a little box in your closet? Say, then it's a cat. It's- <laughs> looks like a cat to me. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a cat to me. What's your next one, friend? Okay, my last topic is Nepo babies. Now, mm. listen, there's been a lot of discourse in the past two years. I feel like Nepo babies have been all over the news. They're yes. nothing new. I mean, we've had we have so many Nepo babies. But for whatever reason, there's been a lot of discussion around, like, is it fair? And people that are, you know, have famous parents that are in music and in acting and maybe don't have the skills to back it up. And I would argue that Nepo babies exist in every industry, right? Your mm. your dad owns a bank. You probably don't own a bank, right? Yes. <laughs> like, right, the, right. Your family has a restaurant. You probably are going to be the manager in that restaurant. It happens. My pitch is that if if they're going to be Nepo babies, we need some sort of scholarship program for normal babies, meaning <laughs> you don't have a, a famous or well-connected parent. So if so, for example, if we are going to put Lily Rose Depp in a TV show and she ain't got mm. no credits to her name other than her daddy is Johnny Depp, which you know, we won't even get into him. Right, right. Then right. you also have to hire a norm, a normal baby. For mm. every, it's you know, uh, a one for one, a bio, yeah, she a said affirmative action. Yes, affirmative action in in the industry. Yes, but I would say again, I would say that in any industry, if you yeah. if your oh. law firm is going to hire the son or daughter of one of the the partners, you also have to make sure you have a normal baby, but you are also um, hiring. Like it needs to be a one for one so that we're always making sure we're giving an opportunity to somebody who wouldn't normally have gotten a chance to get their foot in the door. I love that because I also like when the Nepo th- baby thing kind of blew up, I think a year or two ago when, when like, like I think it was with New York Times Magazine, they had like they a, had a whole, whole like, cover diagram and yes. they kept pumping them out. Ben who Platt was on, Bl- ben Platt was on there. As he should He was be. very mad about it too. <laughs> Listen, you benefited from that. Like I, I have That's no, I don't I have no why they get mad about it. And uh, they, it's like this thing of like, yeah, but you're still famous. You're still rich. You're mad that people are talking about you. Like, right. you better be happy people are talking about you because that's how you stay relevant. And that's and that's how you got to where you are. It's not saying you're un- untalented. You're saying we're saying you had a leg up. Right. And I think to your point about having the one for one, having the affirmative action of it, if like you're saying, well, yeah, I'm a Nepo baby, but we also hired A, B and C mm-hmm. to combat that. That also that balances out, right? Then you have an argument. You have a, a retort, yeah. as it were, um, when that argument pops up. The other thing is too is like whenever the nepo baby thing comes up, and there's always somebody who's like, "It's not fair. I have to work hard." Gwyneth Paltrow, I think, was the one who was like, "In some ways, I had to work harder because people didn't believe that I could do." It. And it's like, 
you didn't have to work harder. I'm sure it hurt your feelings when people sure. assumed that you didn't have talent or you didn't earn your spot. The problem is Mepo babies who pretend as if it's the same. Kendall Jenner, I changed my name on my modeling cards. I took, oh, I took God. Jenner like, off. Nobody knew who you were. Uh, like, you were on a television show were. since birth, mama. Like your sonogram was famous before you literally got here. So like literally. just this idea of like, but if you just did admit, like uh, I think it was uh, Maya Hawk. She's Ethan Hawk and... Um, Uma Thurman's daughter. She mm. said something that I was really, I, I was very impressed because she's very young. She's like in her 20s. And she was said something like, my parents have been so supportive and I'm so thankful that they showed me that there was a path to success in this career and that they helped open doors for me. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. be, I would be naive to pretend that they didn't help me. That's all you have right. to say. Like, you know, that I part. don't need a dissertation. Just admit that they held doors open for you. Even the simple fact that they have the money so that you didn't have to work a part-time job while you were auditioning. That You didn't have to that. do a showcase to get an agent. You said, Mom, I, I think I want to do this acting thing. Okay, and here. You know some people who made some calls, right? Like you said, and it happens in every industry. Yes. I just don't, I don't know, I don't understand why you're... Uh, feathers are ruffled well, when people call it out. I think right? it also because is I, a symptom of their privilege, right? Because like, let's oh. be honest, like this is hurting your feelings because you ain't, ain't got nothing else to be her feelings over. <laughs> like, sure. People sure. are dying. Like, yeah. This is what well, you're upset part. about. <laughs> well, also, also like if you, if you went Maya's wrote, then all we can say is, well, you're still a Nepo baby. And she's like, yeah, so yeah. like the, it, it like just deflates the argument. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And again, all and you just need a one-liner that's like absolutely and and again, I think even this idea of the the normo babies one for one, I would say that'd be a really great way for Nepo babies to get ahead of it. To go, yeah, my parents did mm. give me this leg up and that's why I volunteer at this local theater camp and I help Talk about kids it. who don't have family in the industry so that I can show them some of the things, you know what I mean? Or like I started a program that brings agents to local schools or something i don't freaking know but something where they're like i give back what is your um your tiktok song write a check it's the version of writing a check right honestly delon thank you for shouting out my song that is what inspired me because when we did our bad apologies episode i felt like a broken record i was like write a check to a charity shout yeah. out somebody you know whoever it was that you were wronged spend the money to send them a basket like do right. the action that shows that you're repairing the harm and i think the nepos could get y'all should get a little charity together throw some coins yeah. together and do a scholarship well and listen i don't think altruism actually exists but like that's altruistic mm -hmm. because i think all to continue that thought altruism you get just as much by giving right. or, or by doing as as um as the person that's receiving the gift or or the action from you um but it's it's altruism it's also like it, it would make me feel good to be like well listen i have all these resources and i didn't have to do a b and c yeah. so let me go to the local university's theater department mm -hmm. and say hey um, how can I help out? I'm going to choose one student that I can mentor or that I can introduce or to do like ABC. a shadow program. Come to a set shadow with me. program. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved that I as a young theater kid. I would have loved that. And even if it's just like a, a one day thing or like a, you know, there's a, the, the social media version of it. It's like, come do an Instagram live with our class yes. and talk to them or, you know, take some behind the scenes footage and send it to us and 
answer our questions. Like I, I've done that before where uh, a former classmate of mine is a teacher and she asked if she, if she could send me a bunch of questions for her class, for her middle schoolers. I answered the questions on video and sent it to them. And she was That's like, they, lo- they loved it. It took 10 minutes out of my day. Right. Um, and again, for, for someone who is in an extreme level of privilege and access, it's nothing to give a class 30 minutes of your time. No. Nothing. No. Uh, last thing I'll say about this is like I I will say like their own imposter syndrome mm-hmm. like is a is a nuanced layer mm-hmm. in there. The reason you're getting so butt sore about people calling you out is because you don't think yeah. that you deserve it yeah. in some ways. And so I would I would just Jamie offer Lee that. Curtis. Jamie Lee is like that's right. My mama okay. and daddy were famous and what and guess what I've been in the game x amount of years. And I'd never be called an Epo baby. Y'all don't even think about the fact that my parents were famous. And, and there's so many celebrities that were in that that first expose mm-hmm. that I didn't know were Nepo babies. I was like, oh, shit, how are you connected right. to this? But to your point about the imposter syndrome, whenever somebody's on screen and I'm like, now, how the hell did they get this job? And then I look them up and I'm like, oh. Well, they're an Apple baby. That makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I watched, uh, you know, that show, The Boys, the Amazon mm-hmm. Prime show, The Boys. Dennis so Quaid's uh, son. Jack Quaid. He's good. I was like, he's, that was what made me look. I was like, who is this guy? Meg Ryan is his mama. Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. They had one baby and it is Jack Quaid. And he's very, very talented. He's very um, good. I-, I looked him up because I was like. This guy is good. Mm-hmm. How would I have never seen him before? And I was like, and then you look at him, you're like, oh, I can see both of them in his face. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That was when I was like shocked because I was like, oh, God, I didn't I, I didn't have that. Like, who is this guy and how do you get this right. job? I was like, it was, the other, so it was the other version. And again, I would also add on the topic of the imposter syndrome. The other version of it is you do have a lot to live up to. But like mm-hmm. how exciting when you see somebody who's talented and then you go, oh, well, no wonder. Both of their parents right. are good actors. Right. Okay, Jack, I'm not surprised. You better get it together. Like, you know, um, surprising and impressing us with your very first big credit. Like, I love that for him. So my last uh, round robin fix is alumni associations. Ooh. Ooh, he said um, that with a little... Hmm. Okay. Okay. Talk to okay. us. So here's... Uh, I believe that alumni associations are often pitched to us. For those of us, I know some of us haven't gone to university. So, you know, if you haven't gone to to uh, college or university or post, you know, high school school, uh, you may not know. Well, I guess your high school would have an alumni yeah. association. But anyway, they're p- often pitched to us as like networking opportunities, right? Hey, join our alumni association for $1,200 a year. And you well, get that's access what they, that's to what they get you. And this is my point, mm-hmm. right? Because they're often asking me for something without me understanding what the opportunities actually are, Mm -hmm. right? So what are the networking opportunities? There's something called, um, we went to University of Michigan, so there's something called UMAC. It's the University of Michigan Entertainment Coalition, I think. And that was just started by some students. It's really not funded or or propped up by the University of Michigan. Um, So it's just like a networking thing between, you know, alumni. But like that, is a substantive thing where all of these people in the entertainment industry, we get together, we talk about um, what we do, how, what we're working on, how we can connect. That's networking, yeah. right? And it doesn't cost anything but an hour now, how of time is it, on And Zoom. how is it that they're able to do that for free? And y'all need $1,200. This is what I'm saying. Well, and, and if you were, if, again, if you were able to show me the opportunity, able to show me what I'm getting, I would probably open my wallet. Mm-hmm. I just got an email from University of Michigan the other day that was like, Hey, Merry Christmas. Come support, come support students. Here's what we're doing here and there. And I was like, 
you realize I haven't paid my student loans off from my undergrad degree, yeah. right? Yeah. I have one girl, I went to uh, uh, grad school as well, the Boston Conservatory, and they had students calling alumni. This was years current ago. Right? Students? I, I, current students? Current students, as they're work studying, no. were calling no. alumni. I had not Wait, graduated. so they were getting paid to call you and ask you for yes. money? No. Yes! This girl called me and I was like, yo, you realize the pain is still fresh from that school. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't even started. I'm still in deferment and you're calling me for money. I was like, girl, I don't have no money. Mm-mm. And I was like, and not, to, not for nothing, but you do not need to be calling. You'd be called people that graduated 10, 15 years ago from also, their graduation like, What date. a shaft job for work study. Work study, you're supposed to be. That's l- telemarketing. You're supposed to be learning something. Yeah, you yes. met, you're a telemarketer. Yeah, my high school has an alumni program, and I will say they do solicit money. It's not like, uh, you know, you're paying a yearly membership or whatever. But I will say that my I haven't been home in years, but my high school throws like a big holiday party every year. Mm -hmm. And it's always at like a really nice location. It's always open bar. It's always a lot of food and people get dressed up. And I know like our money goes to that, for example. Yeah, Um, yeah. But I know that when we had like our 20 year reunion, you had to pay for that. So the money wasn't going to that. And I know that they have like scholarship programs for graduates and they also put out like a newsletter and and they do like, um, I went to an art school. So they do like a Christmas concert and they do all these Mm. different like performances and they do um, an art show auction and those types of things. So I know that the money goes to those things, but right. I've not given Michigan any money because I didn't finish my degree there. Um, uh, I haven't. I haven't given anybody any money, Michigan or the Boston Conservatory. Just I'm because like I'm. I'm not really in a position. But to well, I I, I could have. I I mean, I give a, a lot of money politically, and yeah, you know, I I gave, I gave Wikipedia some money because I use her ass a lot. But I think that you have a, a valid point that like if you're giving the money, which is why I brought up School of the Arts in West Palm. Like, if I'm going to give you money, I need to know what that money is going towards. What's and the transaction? I, and what do I get? And what do I get out of it? You know? I mean, I ha- and I hate, like, philanthropy is, uh, philanthropy is philanthropy, and that's why they're doing it. They're doing it for the benefit of the students, the benefit of the university. If you have the means and you're an alumnus to give money and a significant amount of money, more power to you, good on you. But, like, for the person who's maybe going to give $100 up to five, like, I'm not giving a a bunch of money. I'm not, like, uh, uh, you know, creating a scholarship program or building a building at the University of Michigan, right? right? So, for me, I need them to be like, hey, I love the idea of having an event. Hey, come to this big event. Come to the big... um, the, this big football game with University of Michigan. Yeah, and like almost like have, box seats, not box seats, but like you could have a ticket to a game once yes. a month or something. And we have, you know, very much like my 40th birthday, we have a weekend of events and here, 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 you can come and do all this stuff and here's what you'll get and here's who you'll meet. Um, and not only would I probably pay to to do all of that stuff, but I probably give some money, mm-hmm. right? Or the event could raise money, and also tie me into the university and understand what um, what it means to be in the alumni association. Yeah. Because they're, they're not a lot of emails anymore because I just they go to probably go to my spam now. But they're enough to the point where I'm like, yo, actually, one of one of our um, classmates had a big 
um, during the pandemic, had a big gathering for a bunch of us from our theater department. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so lovely. And it really was lovely to see a bunch of people that you haven't seen before and um, catch up with them mm-hmm. and you know, super babies and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it was it was on zoom it was on zoom it was on zoom you were like it was during the was pandemic totally huge gathering 200 <laughs> people could you imagine girl no no um it was yeah 2021 um but then at the end of it i didn't realize she worked for the alumni association oh. and i was like oh i mean it was a good pitch yeah right because it got us in the room oh, and it was so very, then they very asked you for heart- money at the end mm-hmm. oh, shit. or they asked us to sign up for the alumni association and i was like oh that feels like a little surreptitious yeah. right yeah. it feels like a little like undercut i wish i would have known that from the beginning but it, it filled my heart and mm-hmm. filled my cup up a little bit. So I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe. Yeah, I'll I mean, here's it. the thing. Because that was during the pandemic, I understand it being on Zoom. But it's that thing of like, you know what it is? It's like the continental breakfast that they give <laughs> you before then they pitch you on the timeshare. Oh, on the timeshare. Give me something. Yeah. I mean, listen, we did it when we were at the resort. We sure did. You know, we were like, okay, you're going to feed us. And we're going to get these points that we can use at the spa. That's what the Alumni Association needs to yeah. do. It needs to give you some sort of dinner, some sort of gala. Yes. I would love like an alumni showcase. Like, let's have some performances by Ooh. alumni. Get dressed <gasps> up. Make it have a step and repeat. You know what I mean? I <laughs> love that. Like, make it a whole event. Make it an event and make it so that like the community can come and students can come. Maybe there's some sort of like talk back session with some of the alumni it's a you know you get you wear a sparkly dress you wear a sensible heel there's tickets there's dinner or there's maybe an auction or something like that and then at the end really love this there's there's like a booklet with you know pictures and stuff and then you ask people for money yes and i mean once everyone's tipsy enough you know they can be like wow this is such a great night it's so lovely how could i not i worked for the chamber of commerce that's exactly what we would do you had all these expensive auction items. Once people were liquored up, they were fighting for all sorts of stuff. You're like, this is a bracelet from Claire's. People are like, <laughs> I want it! Because <laughs> it becomes out the gamification of it, right? Yes. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say the second installment of the Round Robin Games was a banger. But... Is anyone surprised? I'm not. But before we go into everyone's favorite segment, let's go ahead and take a quick break. 
Because I had thought to myself when I saw them in the news, I was like, I have not seen a Toys R Us in forever. They were once a staple, you know, the 80s and 90s for for shopping, for the holidays. Um, But like many beloved brands, they really struggled to adapt as we went to a more of an online space. And now there's so many places to buy toys. Um, and the last two physical locations actually closed in 2021, and then they got acquired by another company, WHP Global. So now they are like pivoting. They're like, what are we going to do to try and bring Toys R Us back? And they've decided that in 2024, they are going to expand to airports and cruise lines, which I thought was very, like, I don't know. I'm curious to hear what you think about the strategy. But my thinking is, if you're on a cruise or you're in an airport, you probably have some money. And mm-hmm. you're traveling, um, holidays, There, you might have kids with you as you're traveling. Yes. They're going to see the big Toys R Us logo. It's very colorful. Toys, you know, just the word is small and short and easy for kids to pick up on. And mm-hmm. so I'm guessing, but they're thinking that this is going to be, be a way to get new customers I think it's smart. I think it's super smart because like, you know, you and I spend a lot of time in airports and depending on where you are, the the, the size of the city, sometimes you'll be like, yo, this is a sh- like no. fucking JFK. I was like, this is a shopping mall. Yeah. This is literally a shopping mall or like going through the, um, what do you call that? The duty free mm-hmm. area in some airports you have to, I think it was Spain or somewhere. You have to go through s- miles of duty free stuff to buy. Shop, I don't shop in those things, but I always see mad people shopping in there. Listen, I'll, I'll give a look. I'll give a look here and there. And you never bought anything um, like alcohol or something? A lot of people I buy alcohol. alcohol one time. Yeah, like on the leaving different countries, they have like all the specialty, yeah. whatever the liqueurs are. Of the place. I love I love a mezcal. So mm-hmm. like if I'm c- coming from Mexico, I'll buy some mezcal. Yeah. Um, but I think it's brilliant because like, I don't know what you call this marketing wise, but having your kids see some mm-hmm. toy as you walking by like their kid's gonna freak out and you're like oh god yeah okay great you're like also you on a, vacation or you have a long layover and you're like let me just buy a, a board game or something for my right. kid or a new game from the nintendo switch or whatever and same with on the cruise ship right like you're on there you clearly have um some disposable income i think it's very smart right. they also opened um a toys r us inside of a macy's they made like a specialty like flagship store inside of like a shopping mall. And I guess it's like inside mm. of a Macy's. And I, I thought that was also really interesting because, again, it's like instead of having a brick and mortar store, which a lot of people right. don't go to anymore. Right. Like right. malls um, are kind of already dying. And a few people have pitched us. We should do a mall episode. Oh, no. Shopping mall is on our it's list. It's definitely on our list. But I will say brands like Macy's and Nordstrom, like those are stores that seem to kind of have staying power. So it makes sense that a Toys R Us would be like, help us. Can we can we please (laughs) like have a corner of your store so we can pick up some foot traffic? Um, And so it took long enough. It took all of the stores to to fucking close before they yeah. well they the had brand, to get but like good on they you. had to get bought by another company who's like we gotta oh. we gotta step shit up whatever we were doing in the past is not working so i'm curious to see how it works out because again i'm not somebody that shops in the airport but i know people do um and right. i wonder if we will see other brands taking this approach because I, mean, it, I think it's smart. I think the cruise ship thing is really smart. I mean, airports seem like low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. just because like commerce is already built into that experience and into the airports. But like a cruise ship is so smart because 
it's a souvenir, mm-hmm. right? You, you, I bought this thing on on the Disney Cruise Line, and I'm sure you know Toys R Us won't. I mean, it would be smart to to partner yeah. with Disney, but I'm sure Disney has their own toys and and whatever on their cruise lines. But that's also just brilliant. Like it's a built-in thing on the ship. You take you take a thing away. You pack one or two toys yeah. from your experience, and you see it over and over again. There's that thing of like you need to sometimes see a brand or see a product multiple times before you buy it. If you're on the cruise yeah. ship for two weeks. Or a week, you might not shop at the Toys R Us store the first day you're there, but by day five, after your kid has exactly. gone by it five times, and they're like, "Please let us go in there," then you're going to end up probably buying something. Yeah, it's so funny. It I just reminds me of like your the negotiations a parent makes with their kid, <laughs> like uh, the last day, the last. <laughs> I told you the last day. We will get it on the last day before we go, right? Yeah. And then you get and, and don't let it be a black mom <laughs> get in there and she's like, "No, uh." I said from that wall. <laughs> I say from that under $20. Yes. You know. All right. What's your glow up? This is news to Fran and to to uh, you all in the class. Um, we've been toying with Astea. Yes. And like incorporating that into our show. And we might make this a full segment. But my glow up today is actually Astea. Okay. Let's hear it. So I'm giving uh, my stay up to Naomi Elaine Campbell. I didn't okay. know her middle name was Elaine. But Naomi uh, Stay, Naomi stays Campbell. Up. Um, I didn't know this. She was the first black woman to appear on the covers of Time and Vogue France. Oh. Ever. And and all of history. But I mean, this woman, I mean, she's 53 years old. She's been modeling since she was eight, right? Eight? So she has a whole eight? <laughs> eight. I did not know that. Eight years old. Yeah. She has been modeling her entire life. She sold her soul to the same devil that J-Lo did because <laughs> her amazing. face, her body is, it's stunning. And there aren't many people that can say, uh, models, I, I'll say, that are still walking like yes. top 10 runways that are yes. coveted. Because when you hit paid. 25, they're like, you're it's too over. old. I watched enough top model to know. They're like, you're yeah. old. You're old. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna book anymore. Well, and I don't. I don't know if it's her. Her controversial attitude, mm-hmm. and like you know, she's always in the news. She went to. Uh, what she threw an iron at somebody. She threw a phone and went to at jail. somebody. Uh, uh, something happened. She's like done some stuff to assistance. We've seen her on multiple reality shows where she's really uh, a, a catty and, oh, and yeah. a little. Cutthroat. Her and Tyra had beef forever. Yeah, it was. I wonder if that was. Was that you know that no, was manufactured? It was, no, it was very real because Tyra had Naomi on her talk show and confronted her about it, and it was great because Naomi didn't really back down. She was like, "And what?" She was like, "Girl," <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I mean, some of that's in your head, but sure, yeah, that sounds like me." Mm-hmm. She stood ten toes down. <laughs> Yo, I this is this is why she's my sayup because like she's also like. She delivers, mm-hmm. right? She has a big attitude and a big personality, and she's catty right. and a little bitchy. But she also, you see her walk down a runway. Like, I okay, saw her recently, I get it. last fashion season. I was like, okay, well, damn, you're still doing that? Yeah. Then yes, you, you're wearing five inch, whatever the inch of heel is. Mm-hmm. You're wearing this stiletto, pumping down a runway with these other girls half your age, and and taking up space. Yeah. It's beautiful. And really creating a signature walk. And we don't have signature walks anymore. Now all the mm-hmm. girls just kind of like just walk with two <laughs> like persons a person like a statue, like zombie walk down the catwalk. But you know, she was doing the switching of her body and her hair and kind of doing this like S shape as she goes down the runway and this like really entrancing 
way that's just so effortless. Um, to your point about how she looks so good, did you see this was pre-pandemic? There was a video that went viral of how Naomi prepares for her flights and she wipes Mm-mm. down. She was wearing a mask on the plane pre-pandemic, wiping Whoa. down every single surface. And I remember it went viral and everyone was like, she's kind of doing too much. And then the pandemic started and she was on the plane like, that's right, bitch. You know, go catch me <laughs> slipping. She's like, I have work to do. I'm not getting You sick. know who hasn't had COVID? Naomi, Naomi Campbell. Campbell. Right, exactly. Okay. And I was like, oh, she was meticulous. And she was like, you know, in like first class in like one of those special little booth right. areas. Pods. And she was like, they don't clean enough for me. Wipe down every surface. Well, and that's probably why she looks like that because she's like, I'm paying attention to everything about my health. I have one body. Yes. My body, and my body is my, is my money maker. Yeah, my whole bo- my body is it. Um, I, the other thing I was want to circle back to you talking about the walk. I have this theory that because models are so thin mm-hmm. and their hips just don't accentuate the way some fuller size women do. Um, the reason that they they like they have the step in front and they're like is to get the hips mm-hmm. moving so that you can really see that S shape and see the clothes moving on their body. Yeah. I'm not a model. I've never modeled. Um, I don't, I barely watch top models, so I don't know. <laughs> but that's like my theory is that like, it's kind of, um, uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, it's like, like, inst- it's like an it, optical it, illusion. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, there's actually um, a documentary, I think it's on Hulu and it's called the models. It's really interesting. And it's about, the era of the supermodel, including Naomi, Linda, Evangelista, Christy Turlington, that Cindy whole Crawford. Cindy Crawford, that yeah. whole crop. And it was really interesting because like one of the things that they revealed is that like those models, including Naomi, and I would argue Naomi was probably like most responsible as the black model who really stood out, is that their faces mm. became so recognizable that the brands, like the designers, were pissed off about it. They were mad that people were talking about who walked the runway instead of the clothes. And that's what the right. pendulum swing to having the super boring models that all looked the same. Uh-huh. And having a lot of like white girls that all had like you know, slicked back hair, gaunt. gaunt, minimal makeup, really like almost like a just a clothing hanger versus yeah. these big personalities that had like a signature walk and like a wink at the end of the runway and like giving you like body and just playfulness. Um, they called it the Prada effect because Prada was one of the first uh, fashion that really shows pissed about it. that was like, yeah, we're just going to do. And Karl Lagerfeld, too. He was like, these bitches are getting too big for their britches. We just want the same face now down the runway. What's so crazy is that like it's 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 just another tentacle to elevate your brand. Mm-hmm. Right. Because even now, like if you have a Naomi walking, you're like, oh, my God, Naomi Campbell's walking. So it is about Naomi, but it's also she's walking Prada. She's walking Carl right. Lagerfeld. But they, didn't see, but so they like, didn't see it that way. I mean, it was it was it's ego. Yeah, I it's mean, and ego. and it really did create like a a new look. Like, remember, all the girls were very alien looking with those big ass yes. eyes. Otherworldly. Yeah, like even when they would have a black girl, she would kind of look similar in that like weird aliany look. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very specific specific thing, and um, I, I would argue that. Even though all of those icons were responsible for it, Naomi, to me, was always the one that really, really stood out. And I think, you know, it's the skin, the hair, the vibe, the the energy. The energy. 
there's an energy, right? And listen, Naomi Campbell wears that same old wig. <laughs> it might be it might be chopped and it might be asymmetrical. She's on it might the be beach. A she's on a plane. She's on a boat. It is that same long jet black mm-hmm. hair. Or it might be a, it might be Auburn or something it's, like it's that. Like she might switch a, yeah, it up. it's 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 always dark though. But you know that the, her brand is strong. Yes. You know, so you also know what you're getting, and I appreciate that. But um, Naomi Campbell, my stay-ups to you, girl. Stayed up. No glow-up needed. So that wraps up this week's episode of Let Me Fix It. And now we want to hear from you. What is something in your life that you think needs fixing? What's your glow up? Who's your stay up? Or maybe you would like to suggest a TV show, a celeb, or a brand that you think that we should fix in a future episode. Please hit us up on Instagram at fixitpod or send us an email. Lemmefixitpod at gmail.com. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to give us a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, this... Um, uh, <laughs> Have you done this before? Um, no. Uh, I'm Delon. I'm Francesca. And this was Let, Let Me, me fix, fix It! it. Meow, 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 meow.